Hello, it is Monday, August 23rd. A lot to talk about, a lot of guests. The boys fucking kill it today. I can't thank you enough for allowing us to be a part of your day-to-day. If by the end of this show you enjoy it, please be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never, ever happened. Let's get to this thing. And today's show should be fantastic. Yes! Three guests today. What? Yeah, three guests today. Join us, Michael Cole, uh, voice of Friday Night SmackDown and voice of WWE for the last 25 years, will join us in about seven minutes because just two nights ago, we were in front of 50,000, 51,000, something and 36 people to be exact. Okay. I forget the name, maybe 236, whatever it was. SummerSlam just two nights ago. Fucking absurd life that we got to live. He lost his damn mind whenever... A human Viking showed up out of nowhere. And at one point during the return, Michael Cole uh, is talking and looking. Brock Lesnar points at him and actually laughs in his face for surprising him as well. Because (laughs) normally with the way the WWE is, especially with Michael Cole being around for like 20 plus years, you know, he kind of hears about things, you know. Last night, we or two nights ago, we were surprised about a lot of shit. I mean, it was <laughs> yeah. it was a wild night in Las Vegas. The stadium, uh, Allegiant, was a beautiful place. I guess they couldn't give out food or sell food because something went down. It was like a soft opening. We'll see if they get that figured out by the time the regular season comes. Also, in the second hour, we'll have Ian Rappaport coming on to talk to us about a massive news break this morning that came out of the NFL.com insiders. I believe Pelissero might have been the first one on the beat, but could have been Ian as well. He'll probably tell us it was him that had the news. Cam Newton is now forced to be out for five days, okay? Because he left the facility, got some tests done, and then they didn't know about a certain little asterisk in the NFL and NFLPA's agreement for the COVID situation. He he now has to go through an entire clearing process to get back in the building. The... The tests were allegedly confirmed and set up by the New England Patriots. Mm. They sent their starting quarterback, right? That's what we've been told. Josh McDaniel said it. Bill said it. Cam, Bill said it. Everybody's saying Bill Belichick said it. The starting quarterback of the New England Patriots was allowed to leave in the middle of this COVID protocol to go get tests elsewhere, was COVID tested every single day out there, got negative tests the entire time. Then when he came back, there was a misunderstanding. They didn't know that he had to be on the sideline or uh, kind of uh, quarantined away from everybody for five days. I, I might have too much respect for the New England Patriots. No. I might be a person that holds Bill Belichick's big-ass brain in too high of regard. No, 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 you should. I might be thinking that the New England Patriots would never, ever, ever in a million years allow their starting quarterback to leave the building not knowing that he's not going to be able to practice for five days whenever he comes back in. There is no way the New England Patriots didn't know this. Now, everybody's coming out and saying, you know, it's a, it is a little asterisk in there. It's in the entire agreement. This is the New England Patriots. We're talking about greatest general manager of all time, greatest head coach of all time. Mm-hmm. They're always thinking ahead so much so everybody says they're cheating all the time, cheating all the time. They're the evil empire because they're smarter than everybody. Situational hey. football. And you're telling me in this situation, they let their starter out of the building and then... 
Say, oh, we didn't know you had to go to jail for five days. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. You're in the middle of a quarterback competition with a guy we drafted in the first. Oh, oh no. no. Sorry. No, we love Cam. Cam's real. We, we love everything about you bringing to the team. Oh, oh no. God. Yeah, you're in the middle of a real competition. Everybody's asking me that because the other guy's doing pretty good, but so are you. Hey, last year you kind of got COVID, got fucked over. Uh, couldn't really do anything. You're coming back. You said, I ain't going out like that. You do your whole thing. You're back. You're the starter. And, and now you got to go to jail for five days in the middle of training camp while we're trying to make a decision who's starting quarterback and everything. He's trying to get better. At Boston Connor, representative of the mass holes in the New England Patriot fan base. Um, they did this on purpose. No, <laughs> no, that would never happen. You just said, hey, the Patriots are unbelievable at situational football, correct? Situational COVID is a whole different animal. I, don't uh, think, I think there are a lot of asterisks that people don't really know about, and he tested negative every single day. It's very confusing what uh, really went on here, so I don't understand completely why he's not playing, but joint practices this week, too, with the Giants. About a good time to miss. Just real quick, I would like to make it clear that I do not believe that the Patriots... I mean, people have been saying this and probably do believe this and would believe this because this is something that is believable coming from the New England Patriots organization with the way we've all held them in such high regard at winning at all costs, do whatever you got to do. Just like... That's why conspiracies, you know, go. Of course. Right. Control because it's like, oh, could be fucking real. <laughs> could be fucking real. Well, you know what could be fucking real? Bill Belichick with his big ass brain talking to that staff, Matt Patricia and boys, and go, uh, how do we do this PR wise? <laughs> how, do how do we not piss off camp? How do we get it's believable that they knew that he was gonna have to go to jail and not come back because that's what the Patriots are. I don't think they did that. No. I, I think this is actual misunderstanding. And if he got tested every single day and he was negative, and he comes back and he tests negative two more times. It's like, did we hear, is there a new thing about COVID being dormant for, for that many days whenever you're passing tests, daily tests? I don't know. I don't know if we know enough to be doing this, but I know Cam Newton's getting fucked here. Yeah, was it? did it have something to do with because he left and went to something that it was team approved, but it wasn't in like the facility, and I don't know what his vaccination status is, but like if that changes then when you come back in. But to your point, like I thought early, like, oh yeah, they definitely do this on purpose, but Bill doesn't seem like like they wouldn't want Cam to miss a week's worth of practice. No. I Even if he, he was going to be their backup. Yeah, there, right? yeah, exactly. So like to do it, you know, in like a, a move where it's like, okay, now we can have Max start. Like I was like, okay, there's yeah, there's no way that they actually did this on purpose. The internet is. I mean, that's going to gain that. steam all day. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, sure. that's going to gain heavy steam all day today. Thinking about it, and I would like to go on the record, although I led this entire thing off with. You know, maybe I respect them too much. No, 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 no. Yeah. Not at all. And, hey, look, the internet's a blaze about Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson and what happened with them too. But Cam Newton's coming oh. off his best game of all wow. time. Okay. Wow. Classic deflection, by the way. The no. most New England thing of no. all time. Great move. I do not believe they did this on purpose. I think this is something that maybe was a new protocol that had 200 pages on it that they didn't necessarily see. Or I, I assume there's somebody in the building that's supposed to know all that shit, though. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Somebody had like up a here. COVID well, compliance officer or something like that's his only job is stuff like this. Yeah, somebody had to fuck this up. You know, like who so, this isn't unless the NFL is just creating this to try to force Oh, uh, is that what New England Patriots fans are oh, saying? Uh, no, no, the wheels <laughs> okay. the wheels are turning right now. Maybe this is to get Ernie Adams back in the building. Like, hey Ernie, 
we missed something here that you would have picked up. We need you back now so this doesn't ever happen again. Because Ernie was the guy stealing the signals and stuff. No, yeah. he wasn't stealing the signals. Yeah. He was on the field. <laughs> he was on the field before being like, oh, that QB stinks. He can't throw it to his left, so we're going to not cover on the left side of the field and we'll cover on the right side of the field. Don't put that on Ernie Adams ever. No, like that's what everybody says. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Obviously, the reason why they were getting the uh, Spygate stuff was so mm-hmm. they could fill the rain man that's up on the top of right. the stuff so Boom. then he could see it and just dissect it very quickly. I mean, if that's what they're doing, everybody's looking for an Ernie Adams. There's <laughs> there's 31 teams yeah. looking for Ernie Adams, I want to let you know. That that whole little pairing of Ernie and Bill is something that, you know, Ernie doesn't talk much, I guess, although he's been yeah. in a couple of those docs. What a fucking tag team they were. Unbelievable. And it honestly made me think, I was thinking about this yesterday, when Bill Belichick retires, which he might never, but if he does, what if he just steps into the Ernie role and then his son steps into the head coach and GM role? Hey, I'm just throwing that out there. It could happen. Yeah, it could happen. And uh, what you did deflect towards, it sounded like, was Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson back on the field practicing. Wow! Already? What was initially projected as 5 to 12 weeks. (laughs) Yep. Okay, 5 to 12 (laughs) weeks with at least two weeks so these sons of bitches laid out on bed can't move because no blood can circulate through the foot after the same exact surgery is had by Carson and Quentin Nelson for an injury that never happens Mm -hmm. it was a developmental anomaly for Quentin Nelson he was born with an extra bone in his foot that chipped off and was floating around they had to go and extract and Carson Wentz obviously broke his foot in high school, right. and his bone was hibernating in his foot somewhere until he decided to become a Colt and play his best football, and then boom, it's out there. Five to 12 weeks, these guys are supposed to be out. That was like two and a half weeks ago. Yeah. They're back practicing. Dr. David Porter needs to be doing every foot surgery on anybody we need moving from here on out. Five to 12 became like 10 days, and Carson yeah. Wentz was back yeah. out there. 10 days, huh? Look how hard he's running cutting. Ah! Hey, that's a Clydesdale, too. He's not a little guy. There's a lot of weight going on that foot when he's bouncing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he looks good out there. Carson Wentz, week one, I projected it. I ain't no goddamn doctor or athletic trainer, but I said, hey, week one, I feel good about it. It seems like Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson are all the way back, even though Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger are going to be great quarterbacks someday, I assume somewhere, maybe. Who cares at this point? I mean, if we're going to put the conspiracy hats on a second, I saw it this morning. I'm not – no one in here is saying it, but I saw it on Twitter quite a bit. People are saying – yeah, both those guys just fucking had COVID. They didn't break their, they didn't break their legs nope. or Who or said anything. that? Everybody. I saw several nah, accounts no saying that. Oh. Well, I don't know, if, you know, if they had MDs or what, but I saw a decent amount of tweets saying, nah. "Wait a minute, why would the, nah. why would they say Carson Wentz is going to be out twelve weeks if three months? He's only going to be out about thirteen nah, days, which nah, is you know which about nah, the, nah, the COVID nah. IL. It is man. Nah. Nobody's yeah, saying that. that. Not, not out here in Indiana. Yeah, that ain't happening. No, you think Chris Ballard and Frank Reich are going to run that type of operation? You guys, wow. Whoa, what are you doing? I didn't Spitting say it. in the face of Chris Ballard? Who's I didn't been on say this? it. Hey, Chris hey. is trying to bamboozle and swindle his fan base. That's what you think is happening in the I media? Didn't, I didn't say it. I just said I'm seeing oh, okay. as I'm people thumbing are through. Saying. Yeah, a lot of people are saying. I'm thumbing through the tweets. And it's like, wow, you guys feel this way? Okay. All right. I don't think that's the case. Just like I don't think Bill intentionally made uh, Cam Newton hmm. not be able to play quarterback for five days while he's starting quarterback during training camp in the middle of competition with a backup who's drafted very early in the NFL draft. I'm not I'm not 100% sure. There was quite a pop right before we went back on air because I just realized I was pronouncing Sisley on his name wrong. <laughs> yes. So I was maybe the most disrespectful out of everybody in that entire portion of the show that is regrettably 
still going on right now. I would like to send all my positive T's and P's to Mr. Siciliano. <laughs> okay. Of course. I apologize, sir. Your name is spelled like Sicily, though, a place that I absolutely uh, love. Oh, of course. Yeah. Adore. Yeah. I apologize to him. Joining us now is a man who I assume has some things to say about this. Uh, college football national champion, Super Bowl champion, AJ Hawk. Yeah! AJ, what you do so, with my desk, dude? Why'd you do what you did? Okay, so I caught a little clip of you going crazy on on me and your desk and the boys jumping in. I'm not going to lie. It was great. Like I was laughing out loud by myself as I watched you guys try to tear me down because you're throwing these absolute garbage statements out about me that I did things on purpose and I did all this. Like, if I really wanted to, I could really mess that desk up. Oh, wait to go. You did. You did. If anyone walks in the room, you accidentally are going to knock 13 things off that (laughs) Come on. Once again, it's my fault that you destroyed my stuff. I understand. Listen, I didn't realize. destroyed. Hey, you were trying, though. You were trying to set me up for failure. You put that Celsius can three-quarters of the way drank right away where we'd be kicking it all over. How do you know? No, there was like four cans that had different amounts of liquid when I showed up. So how can you tell Uh, Not Celsius cans. Those were all empty. Celsius (laughs) cans were all empty around here. Okay. You know what you Why'd did. Why'd you do that? What about the water that you just put right here? The, 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 the baseball bat was just thrown around. There the was like three, the- three liquid death cans there. One of them had a bunch of ash and stuff in it. Other one had water in it. Other one, who knows what liquid was in it. And then all of a sudden, you think that I left one there? Well, I mean, there's definitely, there was a couple added. The ash one's right here, pal. Okay, that is. Yeah. It's right in reach, by the way. I don't know if you know that. This one is just here. To, hey, I do pound liquid death. <laughs> Love it. If you're wondering yeah. out there, I do pound a liquid death or two. By the way, we went to, uh, or we didn't. Nick went to a concert around here. Only water option was liquid death. No here shit. Here we go. It was a beautiful sight. Only water option was liquid death. Smart. I think it's starting to happen, especially with the plastic stuff that's going on. Yeah. It's very good water. But not, nonetheless, could you just treat this with a little bit more respect? You picked up my laptop that Steve Jobs made himself and threw it on the ground and left it there the entire time. Is that because you brought your laptop? Did you have a laptop here? No, I, did, I, uh, I was talking to Connor before the show, and I'm like, what about this? Like, what is this for? He's like, oh, I don't know. Pat uses it for YouTube or whatever. I said, I don't need that. I'll just close it and gently place it underneath the desk. That's all I do. Oh, I'll put it on the floor. Don't you dare put throw me in here, huh? Oh, this Connor. is all on oh, you. You Connor. I mean, to, to look at a computer and say, what's this for? Like, you've never seen what, what a computer is and what Fool. you could have used okay. it for during the show, right. you bozo. Well, how about putting it upside down? There's another computer there. There's another computer next to that that is used just for the callers and the music, I guess. So I was asking, what is this? Is this like essential to the show? This Mac that was sitting there, and obviously oh, it was essential. not, so I didn't need it. Huh. Uh, we're about to get in, back into the essential conversation. Mm-hmm. I, think. I, I do hate that. I do not like that. But uh, I want to let you know, you did a fantastic job here. Aside from disrespecting all my shit, I think you did an incredible job, and I appreciate you, sir. Thank you. It was fun to be in studio with the boys and to have you on as well. We got to be in studio together one time, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah, that would be. Oh, yeah. I'll put a desk right here for you. Yeah. Right here. Have your own Can't desk. Wait. wait till you see what I did to that thing. You know? <laughs> put it right here. It'll be awesome. We'll actually build you one that pops up from the stage at the uh, at the new Coliseum. Yes. Have that thing pop up just like one button and then AJ. <laughs> nice, respectable height and everything. Make yeah. you look good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, see? So, see? see? Oh, 
at, at Ten Digs, trying to bring us back into Hour One Toxicity. I appreciate you joining us. Uh, Hammer Down Boys are here at Bubba Gumpino, rocking a ponytail in the beard today. It's like an ode to Mr. Lesnar. I can't do it on top, so I'll do it down below. Oh, you're doing the ponytail, yeah. the Brock Hell Lesnar yeah. ponytail, yeah. but on your jaw there. Hell it, yeah. it is unbelievable. Are we going to start getting some beard gymnastics here? I think so. Yeah. Let's go. I yes. like it. We well, don't know anybody else I that mean, could. I it's, mean, it's out of control. I'm not sure what to do with it. We got to mix it up a bit. Yeah, keep it going. It's yeah. growing beautifully. Mm-hmm. You got a little beard butter in there, huh? Oh, yeah. Hey, pal. Pretty expensive, though, from what I hear. I see you're wearing the, uh, well, that's in the office. That's not in real life, but somebody is saving up to do something, which is awesome and admirable. Keep doing that. Save your money. Do what you got to do. But uh, the Maestro's hat is good. They would love your beard, by the way. I the thought so. Oh, it's yeah. good good fit there hey ghost shout out send him some beard butter at tone digs uh gambling weekend you guys are winning right now we're winning we're winning a lot of money gambling yeah unders were 10 and 5 and i just took all those so that was a pretty simple weekend <laughs> okay shirt you got on ben roethlisberger Najee harris looks like he's gonna be a player the pittsburgh steelers might have a team this year yeah. huh? benjamin todd roethlisberger senior had a night Najee had a night fire me what was that name we just screamed fire me Fire Muth. Pat Fire Muth. Muth. M U T H. Is everybody already screaming Muth? Is that what started the entire Yinzarita? Uh, uh, getting her uh, her and her oh, uh, date's ass beat in the middle of the crowd there? Yeah, I'm not sure which way it was going, but one of the human beings wasn't saying Fire Muth loud but, enough. Yeah. So I believe the guy that ended up winning the fight, okay, we uh, the guy took his glasses off. Yep. Uh, he was low man. Okay, he was outnumbered. Yeah. Out. He was out. 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 <laughs> We're going to full Hamilton there. He really was, though, underneath. And uh, I assume he was the one screaming Muth, and everybody was. And this lady who stinks. This lady mm. is top five worst whites we have ever seen. I mean, this is this is uh, worse than water selling lady, water yeah. bottle selling oh, lady. Yeah. Uh, everybody's calling her that Super Karen or whatever the case is. Whatever her name is, Aaron, Karen, whatever it is. She got her dude. Knock the fuck out. I mean, dead man, (laughs) dead man down. And then he does a shove, which I appreciate the fact that that was all he did. It probably took a lot to restrain himself. Gentlemen out there, I'll knock out the guy that's with you instead. Uh, And then the lady that got her her guy knocked out, he might just be a date, by the way, not a husband. Everybody's saying he's a husband. Look at her. You sit down. You sit down. How does he know? This lady, this lady is the most insufferable person, not only in that stadium in Pittsburgh, but potentially the entire world. Mm-hmm. What a human there. I, I like the people that were on the camera, by the way. Super Yenzers are like, she hit him. Hey, yeah. she hit him. I like that. I like that, uh, you know, there's a little uh, citizen's arrest almost happening out there. And shout out to that guy uh, who obviously showed great restraint while also. Uh, diffusing the situation with a fucking knockout to yeah. a guy. What if that's just a date, by the way? Not a husband, not a boyfriend, oh. just a date from work or whatever. What a night for that guy. He's what the fuck? Oh. I was saying, Muth. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Awesome. I mean, if that's a date and that dude goes on another date with her, I mean, that's on him. That would that you think there's a chance any guy would come back? No. To another one with uh-uh. that girl if they're not married to I him? think around Pittsburgh, it's going to be tough for her to get a date. I, I, yeah. I assume that video has been seen by everybody. We're trying one to... had 80,000 retweets on it, so I've, it's been seen. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. it has been seen. She smacked him hard. She connected on that. That was a hard smash. Oh, yeah. She did. She did go for that thing. She legitimately, and him, that whole. Uh, oh. I'd like to. 
I, well, look, he held himself back. Look at you know, his natural gate. reaction. That was like, okay, The guy's just shaking his head the no, whole no, no, time because no, 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 he no. knows what's oh, coming. Go, 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 golly, I have to act tough. <laughs> oh, I, I had no problem with this guy. Oh, my God. No, he did get caught, though. No, I'm dead. The guy caught him once, at least. I mean, he made him, like, back up for half a second. Yeah, I guess the boyfriend, husband, date, whatever it was, co-worker, ticket person sitting next to her. What if he just was sitting next to him? Oh, oh my God. Do I have Guys, to? please. God, please. <laughs> Stop. That poor guy. Oh. All right, let's talk about some stuff happening around the NFL that isn't the Pittsburgh Steelers or one lady that does not represent all of Pittsburgh getting her male counterpart knocked the fuck out of the preseason football game. And we said this was going to happen, by the way. Football games have had their moments already. Once we saw the NBA fans fighting and then baseball fans fighting, we're like, well, wait until it's like a gladiator-like sport back there. It's going to be some blows or blows thrown. And we have to remember, we don't know if we're getting back into it. We're definitely out of it. There are some people that They'll punch you right in the fucking face. Yeah. You got to remember that. Hey, as you go out in the public, they don't care how many beers you've had, how, how that couch was for 18 months. They don't care how many kids you had to homeschool on the Zoom. They don't care how drunk uh, you haven't been and how drunk you are now. They'll punch you right in the mouth. And they'll even punch you in the mouth if the person you're with is fucking up. So uh -huh. just keep that in mind as we go back out into society. AJ Hawk joining us now is an insider from the NFL.com insider gang. Oh, yeah. The senior mafioso of the insider mafia at the NFL. Uh, not only is it Tom Pelissero and Garrett Folo, yep. it's the guy that leads the charge, ladies and gentlemen, host of the canceled rap sheet and friends, Ian Rappaport. Yeah! What's going on, Ian? What's up? Hey, is uh, Siciliano an insider? Uh, no, he is a esteemed and well-respected host who, according to you, sits in chairs that are too big. Okay, that's not what we Whoa. say. Whoa. Ian, classic, classic journalist. Classic journalist move. Um, what he, what we have said is your network that you work at, NFL Network, just has zero regard for Andrew's life at all. They put Joe Thomas close to the camera. They put him back in the camera. They put Willie McGinnis is like zoomed in 8K. Then they got him in 1080p back here, 720, sitting on a love seat. I mean, why do, I'm just trying to stick out for the guy. Let him know we are sorry for mispronouncing his name, though. I am very sorry. Let's talk about what your little gang broke, though, today, I believe. Cam Newton, five days out. Patriots didn't know about this? How did they not know about this? Is there a COVID person that's supposed to know about this? What is going to unfold next, especially if he doesn't have COVID? Let's get him back out there. What are we doing? Uh, as far as I know, he does not have COVID, but that's actually not what this is about. So, you know, there are different rules for players who are vaccinated and unvaccinated. Okay. Cam, as we learned today, and we sort of had an idea because he's been wearing masks in interviews and other places, but Cam is unvaccinated. That is what we learned today. Because We know that because he essentially uh, was gone away from the facility for a day for an appointment for a reason. Um, I believe, but not I'm 100% sure that the team was aware of this on some level. He, I believe, got tested somewhere else, not realizing that you needed to be tested at the facility in the NFL's specific testing program. So basically what happened is Cam missed a test, even though... It seems like he tried to do the right thing. He still, quote-unquote, missed a test. Because he is not vaccinated, he now has a five-day entry period like anyone else who leaves a facility um, or misses a test. So he is not going to be able to be back in the building until Thursday, which means that Mac Jones got all of the oh. first-team reps today at practice. Hell yeah. So, Ian, do you think – 
are the, are the Patriots saying, like, did they think Cam would be back in time to get tested at Foxborough or the fact that he got tested off-site? I mean, they had to know, like, hey, if you're not back here, if you miss a test, like, it's not good for you. I, I don't know exactly who knew that he was getting tested elsewhere. I do believe the Patriots knew that he was headed somewhere else, uh, a place as yet undetermined and unnamed. Uh, but I don't know specifically if the Patriots knew he planned to get tested elsewhere. You know, teams have had uh, basically, basically every team has an expert who is in charge of COVID, right? So these people know the rules. Now, sometimes things fall through the cracks. Sometimes not everyone's aware of everything. Uh, it's the same thing with players who, you know, some players cheat and get busted. Some accidentally cheat and get busted. This is sort of like a player who accidentally takes a supplement and goes, oh, man, like I could have just called, but I didn't realize, and now I'm suspended. Like this seems to be more of an oversight than something egregious. But still, away for five days with Mac Jones getting his reps, that's not something that I think for the Patriots it's probably not a huge deal. For Cam, it's not a good thing at all. Uh, Bill Belichick definitely wants his two best quarterbacks on the team during training camp, but I – this is definitely much more devastating for Cam Newton in his quarterback competition yeah. that is very topical with Mac Jones, who has looked good, but Cam has looked very good as well. Yeah, I don't – it's hard for me to believe, Ian. It's hard for me to believe that this was overlooked, and especially with – I don't know. I just – I have so much respect for the Patriots. I have so much respect for Cam. Like, I just – I feel like Cam's been around the NFL, especially in this COVID protocol world with how strict everything is, let alone everything else. With drug testing, you get tested by one company. Like, I just – I don't know. I feel like there's it, – it, Ah, this is going to cause a lot of conspiracy fodder, but let's move along to another conspiracy. Andy Dalton's still the starter in Chicago. Justin Fields is playing great football. Justin Fields came out and said he wishes the fans would be a little bit more respectful to Andy Dalton, a red rifle. I agree, by the way. The guy's out there making plays for your team. Fields mania is happening. Obviously, they traded future picks for him. What? How's that going to play out? And Nagy, right, and Pace, they're going to get fired if they stink this year, right? So is that going to change anything, you think? Or are they pretty comfortable in their positions and they're dead set on what they're going to do? And why is Andy Dalton kind of getting overlooked in this entire thing, Ian? So I was in Chicago on Wednesday, and I met with met with Pace and, and uh, Matt Nagy, right? And so I asked specifically, I'm like, you know, am I if I'm going to talk about the quarterbacks, like, are, am I firm and set in saying that Andy Dalton is going to start week one? And Matt Nagy said yes. Andy Dalton will start week one, which is sort of what we knew, honestly. It's not like news or anything, but because Fields has impressed and because there's games and we see these backup quarterbacks go out and play so well against lower competition, yes, but still play so well, it's unfortunately a question that has to keep being asked. I mean, we do the same thing in San Francisco. I think it's safe to say Trey Lance had a pretty up-and-down performance the other night, but we're still asking the question, is Jimmy G the starter? So in Chicago... Dalton's going to start. Fields has been awesome. Like, everything they hoped, talent-wise, he's really smart. He cares about it. He's got sort of the swag that I think they like. In other words, like a guy, a quarterback that people follow and like. It also seems like Andy, like, we sort of thought Andy Dalton was like a real pro, but it seems like he absolutely has been in helping Fields and not not being a jerk in a way that some veterans could be. So it seems Dalton's going to start until he doesn't right like he's going to start until at some point it becomes clear to absolutely everyone that he's not the best quarterback on the team anymore and at that point it'll be fields team and then here we go what about trey lance out in san fran i know you mentioned them i i 
watched some of him last night. Man, he threw a nice little bullet across the middle for a touchdown right as I was. AJ, I, I turned big. it on. I remember. Hey, AJ, he's yeah. big, isn't he? I know. He's impressive. Like, what? what's the situation like out there? Yeah, it seems more like, again, Fields is not going to start in Chicago, but it seems talent-wise, readiness-wise, he would have a shot. Uh, it feels like Trey Lance, just from me watching, from talking to people I've talked to, is a little bit further away. The talent is, you know, the talent's what it is. I mean, that throw to Travis Benjamin, I was like, whew. Like, I was watching. That was impressive. Uh, there's been other parts of the game where managing it, you know, doing the right thing, looking at the right read, it just – it hasn't all been there, which is really fine. I mean, this is a guy who literally played one game last year and came from a lower program. Like, no one expected him to be able to come this year. So, I mean, I think they would like this to be Patrick Mahomes, where he literally sits the whole year. Garoppolo plays fine for a team that otherwise is a playoff-ready roster. And then you make the transition after the season. The only thing I would say is Garoppolo has been injured somewhat frequently in his career. At what point does he crack the door open and let Trey Lance kind of take over? That's what's going to be, I think, really fascinating about the 49ers season. Let's go ahead and continue on the rap sheet playing around training camp quarterback conversations. Dak Prescott, Jerry Jones said, hey, if we had Tampa tonight, he'd be fucking playing, all right? <laughs> Get out of here. So is he? he's all good? The shoulder or the lat, whatever the hell it was, is all good? He's just got a little soreness? They feel very comfortable with where he's at? And what are some other storylines we should look for for hard knocks tomorrow night anything uh you're in the right area by the way good research because that actually is where you heard him yeah basically right there like it's not a hashtag it's not a football injury it's like a baseball injury right mm-hmm. um so but anyway he's mm-hmm. he's gonna be fine the tests were fine and everybody freaked out about him taking an mri it sounded like it was more like let's just make sure this is okay uh, compared to anything else he is going to be good 100 percent uh, I believe, as my esteemed colleague Tom Pelissero reported on, I don't know when it was, at some point this weekend, either Saturday or Sunday, I can't remember, um, Dak is on track for week one. Uh, so he's not going to play in the preseason. We won't have seen him on his ankle. I don't sense any reason to worry at all. But I do know this. The fact that he was actually honest and the fact that they were like, like you'll see on Hard Knocks, he is not thrilled about not practicing a lot. Like It's sort of presented in kind of like a, a jokey way, but like, He's not happy about missing reps, right? That's just that's just the way it is. But them holding him back is probably going to benefit him in the long run. And it's interesting about nice catch. It's interesting about him and his and his ankle. Like he was throwing like sixty passes to teammates in April. Like mm. he's fine and going to be ready. Okay, that's good news for the Dallas Cowboys and for Hard Knocks. Maybe bad news for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hey, have we heard anything about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers other than the fact that they got into a bunch of fights with the Titans? Are they going to go undefeated? How's camp down there? No, no conversations really out of Tampa Bay at all. Tom just talked about whenever he feels as if he can't be a championship caliber quarterback, he'll hang him up. Until then, he's going to keep playing. He's enjoying it. I don't remember where the interview came from, but Tom Brady. He said that. Uh, is there any Peter other King, I think. Peter King, yeah. Shout out to Peter King, by the way. Always gets us great quotes and shit like that to talk about, especially in his dead time. But um, is there anything coming out of Tampa that we need to know about, or are they going to go 17-0? Antonio Brown landed a very clean left on somebody. I saw that. But is there any other news? Uh, they're going to be really good. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's weird, though. Like, when, when a team is – I mean, they, they don't have any new starters, and they have – Joe Tryon, who I think is going to be a really good draft pick, but probably a little more of a part-time player early, their first rounder, um, they're just good. And so I think when a team returns everyone, 
has all their coaches back, has freaking Tom Brady as their quarterback, who looking as good as ever. I don't know how much there is to say. Like, I was down there for a camp tour as well. And even when I was on talking about the Bucks, there wasn't a lot to say because they're still good. The BA is is not easing up on them at all. Like, I think, I think basically his sort of belief is like, I need to go a little harder on them because they just won the Super Bowl and I don't want them feeling good about themselves. So it sounded like practice was pretty intense for them. It's also like because of COVID, like everyone celebrated them obviously, but it's not like they went out to a bunch of banquets and parties and red carpets because of the COVID situation this world is in. So at least the team thinks that they weren't sort of fetid like other Super Bowl champs have been. Uh, okay. So I think they're going to be ready and good, and that 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 opening game is going to be awesome. I agree. I'm psyched for that. Uh, Ian, what about uh, down in Tennessee? Your bud, Mike Vrabel, test positive for COVID, and he, he has to show what two negative tests within 48 hours. If not, is there is it 10 days for him? Do we know where he's at? In it's that not. Progress? It's not 10 days because he is vaccinated, and similar to Cam, like this, the situation is different if you're vaccinated versus unvaccinated. So I believe it's two negative tests within 24 hours of each other, or 24 hours apart, I should say. And then he's back and good to go. It sounds like his symptoms are only pretty mild. So just needs to test negative and, um, and get back. And, you know, now it's also raises some more questions. Like, was anyone else infected? Was it, did he pass it to anyone? They're on the practice field right now, and I haven't seen any additions to the COVID test. So a COVID list. So I think hopefully it might be just him. Um, which, you know, you're supposed to be less able to transfer it if you're vaccinated, and maybe that helps in this case. Uh, yeah, they were socially distancing, obviously, uh, to proper protocol. We're talking to Ian Rappaport, host of Rap Sheet and Friends and NFL.com and NFL Network senior insider. The NFL, you think, secretly loves this COVID five days out, or uh, Cam Newton COVID five days out thing, because this is even more so like, hey, if, if he's vaccinated, you think the NFL is there's no chance of them leaning up on this, huh? That that this is something they actually want to see happen. Because imagine this happening in the middle of the season. That's probably gonna be the memo, by the way. Hey, imagine this happening in the middle of the season, right? It's going to. I mean, there's going to be cases where players are high risk close con now there's not a lot of vaccinated players anymore. Like I think not you know, some team I think there's a couple teams with more than ten, but like as you get down to the fifty three, you know, you're gonna have probably just a handful of unvaccinated guys, but there are going to be high-risk close contacts who are going to miss miss a game. And if it's, you know, if it's a situation like Cam, if it is a quarterback, if it's a star player, then, you know, I don't know if the NFL will, like, do a commercial about it or whatever, but it's very noticeable. And everything everyone has said is, like, there are competitive advantages to being vaccinated. This is an example. Like, if Cam loses this job because Max seizes it because he wasn't there, like, no, I don't think any. I don't think anyone would be like if he sprained an ankle and Mac won his job. I think people would be sort of like sad for Cam or whatever. I don't think anybody will be now because like everyone has the opportunity to vaccinate. It's just do you or do not. Yeah, so like there's going to be people that hate you for saying that. Obviously, that's the yeah. world that we live in, and it's just. I mean, that is just the world we live in. We don't. I mean, everybody's going to fight about everything, but like. I think a lot of people are initially saying that the New England Patriots knew this was going to happen, <laughs> and they wanted to name Mac Jones a starter in a fashion that it does. It, there's no sympathy at all. It's like, yeah, we. It was his. There's just so much shit involved in this that it's hard to well, not think but, there was an oversight somewhere. Let me just jump in real quick somewhere. Like the problem, I, I do think the Patriots love Mac Jones, so I don't want to. I mean, they really, they really do. 
Cam is playing well. Yes. And the only thing Bill Belichick actually really cares about is who gives him the best chance to win. So I would sort of be, not for that conspiracy theory, but at least I would understand it. Cam might give them the best chance to win right now because he has looked probably better to me than he had at any point last year. Yeah. Definitely. I think he's been great. Definitely. I mean, early last year there was that, there was a couple bursts of like, oh, this team's going to be really good. And then COVID came in for Cam and then it right. was over or whatever. But it's a wild situation that's unfolding right now up in New England. And let's assume Mac Jones is going to start from this. But will that make the Patriots better? Who knows? Cam should be pissed and probably is pissed. And there was an oversight that shouldn't have happened. Go ahead, Ty. Rap Sheet, what's the deal with the Saints? Who are they going to play at quarterback? Because Taysom Hill uh, recently said that, you know, like if they don't see him as a quarterback, then he needs to get out of there. And Sean Payton said... He doesn't really want to name him the starter because then he loses him as a gadget player on special teams. Like, are both those guys going to play tonight? Uh, who's going to get the nod going forward for them? Uh, sounds like Jameis starts tonight, which makes sense because it was Taysom the other day. And so I think they'll both play. Um, I don't know for sure who is, quote-unquote, leading this, and it's hard for me to say because I haven't been able to see practice there. Um I just know this, like if Jameis is right, if he's not throwing the ball to the other team, talent-wise, he should clearly be the starter. There's obviously a lot more that goes into it, and maybe theoretically they could play both, but if Jameis goes out and plays really well tonight and doesn't turn the ball over, I could see the drumbeat being very, very loud for Jameis Winston. He's the number one overall pick for a reason. He is a little wacky and kind of crazy, but people like him and follow him in his way. Um... I think I think it's going to be really fascinating, and tonight will probably tell us a, a real lot about which way it goes. Can't wait to watch. Connor, oh, you're up, dude. Hey, Rap Sheet, uh, not only are the taunting fines horseshit, but Benny LeMay also, you know, because of the penalty, was fined, I think, half of his paycheck from the week. Are we going to expect that for the entire season where they're going to find players as well as throw these flags on them? Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to see it, especially early on. You know, when there's an emphasis from the league, on a specific area. Like, remember one year was, you know, running backs using their head as a battering ram, and then you saw a couple of guys get fined early. And then two things happen. One, uh, the emphasis kind of eases back a little bit because just you get into the season. And two, players' behavior changed some. So I think what you're probably going to see is less egregious examples of taunting or people doing it a little more slyly so nobody notices. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're going to see these little fines just so the NFL can kind of keep saying, like, hey, like, this is an emphasis. Let's just keep not, let's, you know, again, be nice to people. Pompliano told me on Twitter <laughs> that he was going to pay Benny LeMay's fine. How would he go about doing that, you think? Just send him over uh, one, what, ninth of a Bitcoin or something yeah, like that? Just about. Yep. I mean, people use, a lot of people use Venmo or PayPal as ways to send money to people. I don't, oh, I don't have Venmo. Exactly. I actually have a friend. But why are we stopping at just golf. His, Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, somebody owes you money. Why aren't they paying you? Uh, because I don't have Venmo, and my wife has Venmo. So I, when I win money in golf, I like to have people pay my wife because it's more humiliating, um, and he <laughs> will refuse to pay me because um, I don't have Venmo. You are an absolute idiot. Totally. <laughs> but why are they only – let's give Benny LeMay like 100 grand. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? The guy, if he's not going to make – he's going to make the team, I think. Nah, that backfield's going to be tough. Mm, Benny's going to make a team, though. But I don't like the fact that the NFL is punishing him – 3500 bucks when he will make what in this training camp 5000 6000 bucks or something, something like, like that? that how come they can't have a heart how come they can't have a heart in this guy i mean what yeah. you... they they do have a heart actually because the he'll get fined and then he'll appeal 
and I forget what the actual number is, but there is a percentage limit of someone's paycheck that you can find them. Okay. So if that reaches, if it doesn't reach a threshold, like if it's essentially too much compared to what he's getting paid, then it'll probably get reduced. All right. Hopefully, Pomp, we all understand that over here. We appreciate you, Pomp. Go ahead, Diggs. Hey, Ian. The Colts lie to us because, you know, they said five to 12 weeks in this surgery, and guess what? Ten days. They're back on the field looking Hmm. like they're ready to go, Ian. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Um, And we spent a lot of time talking about the, like, Ellinger v. Eason quarterback battle. Seeing the clips of Carson Wentz that I did today, like, I'm not sure any of that matters. Like, I wouldn't say definitively, like, he's definitely going to play week one, but – if you're someone who thinks that Wentz will be out on the field week one, today was a very good day for you. Because yeah. it wasn't like he was walking gingerly. Like, oh, nice he looked good. Um, and, you know, the fact that he had the surgery and fixed it is – it's going to end up being one of the best decisions he ever made, honestly, because it, the issue is now over. You know, how the muscles and tendons and stuff can sort of tighten and rehab properly in time um, for the opener, like, that's sort of a doctor question. But either way, it's going to 100% heal the issue. And they were so positive, like, the day after surgery because it went so well. Maybe they were telling us the truth about that. Do you think that we should now act as if all projections are complete bullshit? In life? Yeah, let's go deep with it. Mm-hmm. In life. Um, I would say this. And I, you know, I'm someone who... Was Five to 12 weeks, Ian. <laughs> Five to 12 weeks. Wild. And then it's going to end up being. It's going to end up being. If he plays week one, I think it'll be a couple of days short of five. Right? Is that right? Yeah, but it's. Uh, I know he's playing. It's seventeen. How many days is it right now? Seventeen days, fourteen days, thirteen days. How many days is it? After? Oh, till NFL football. No, days. no, no. Until he because <laughs> no, he was no. supposed to be late. Carson was supposed sh- to be laid out for two weeks. He was supposed yeah. to not be able to move. They said he's not supposed to. Do I mean, it. now this is also part of his. Like he was supposed to start jogging and running, not today, but I think a couple of days ago. So this is sort of. He happens to be in a football uniform on a field, so like it's not like he's literally playing a game. He's cutting pretty hard on seven. Cutting out there, yeah. Seven on sevens, I'm told. uh, That is true. No, this is why people. There's why some teams, Mm -hmm. especially the sort of Patriots-oriented teams, hate to give timelines because then it's like, well, you said five to twelve. What's up? It's four, and like that's true. So they give a baseline, and then if a player beats it, he beats it. But I just, I don't think anyone expected him to. I don't expect. I don't think anyone expect him to be like this. Today was a very good day for Carson. Amen. I hope Quentin Nelson's doing the exact same. We need those two. Um, shout out to the Colts medical staff. Yeah. 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 Good work. Hey, good work over there, Handbone, Burrell, Colin, boys. Right. You guys did great over there. Dr. David Porter working magic over there with some unobtainium, putting it in the foot, healing it up quicker than any foot has ever healed in the past. Gumpy's got a question about South Beach, I believe. Yeah, Ian, uh, what are you hearing about Tua? He looked pretty sharp the other night. Jacoby actually looked really good too, but all signs point to him looking more healthy and more comfortable. What do you think about that? Uh, you know, they've been pretty positive on Tua as far as like, I mean, I hate, this is like such a cliche, but taking the next step, which for Tua really is something like throwing deeper, taking more time in the pocket, diagnosing, throwing the, you know, taking more shots, all the things you want to see from a first year quarterback to second year, like he's looking like it, you know? So it's, that was a really good sign. And I think the Dolphins are a team, like their defense should be really good. Skill wise, they got some, they got some ballers. Um, especially with Waddle, and I think he's going to be really electric. You just need a quarterback that can distribute. And Tua looking like this, if he continues on this path, it's going to go two things. 
one, it's going to force everyone to not make snap decisions on rookie players who, you know, aren't good enough for our expectations the first year. Um, and two, it's going to make them, you know, probably a team that can compete for the playoffs. Who's the people but with snap judgment? Because B-Flow was pulling him out in two-minute drills and putting in Fitz yeah, magic. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like we were told, like, hey, this guy stinks whenever it matters or whatever. What's that all about? That's, that's a good point, and that's part of it, right? Is like they basically told us with the actions that yeah. this guy is not – someone who should be on the field. Um, but, you know, you, you got to win now and you got to develop them for the future. That is an unbelievably tricky balance. And honestly, last year there were times when I was like, we'll see which way this goes. Hey, that's um, going to happen this year with a lot. Time. Hey, that's going to happen this year a lot. Like, it seems like this year, last year it was Fitzmagic and Tua was a conversation, right? But there wasn't really many no. other convos, I don't think. This year there's like I know. five, six actual, like, this guy's, his ass is hot right now it, well, it is there's a chance i mean it's like in like in denver like they'll name a starting quarterback at some point i think probably fairly soon next probably next week or so um and whoever it is let's say it's bridgewater like you know that drew lock is sitting there ready waiting first sign of you know going down, i mean he's going to kind of strut in and do his dance thing like you're doing there's going to be a couple of those this year and we're going to have to all get comfortable with a bunch of new quarterbacks coming in and back and forth and like Hey. Just it's hard to find one, and if you don't have the guy, you got to make do with whatever you, couple guys you have. We appreciate you for all your time. I mean, you are very too kind to us. We appreciate it. Um, when you talk about making those decisions, do you just see like dollar signs in your mind because the amount of insider information on quarterbacks' thoughts and oh, if he has one more bad game, they're ready to pull the drop. Uh -oh. My sources, I mean, the amount of my sources <laughs> about those quarterback situations are going to be huge, right? I mean, that's going to be a lot of conversation. Yeah, I mean, it's just like when, when the Aaron Rodgers situation was happening in the offseason, people were complaining because all we do is talk about Rodgers. I'm like, Let's do it, baby. Like, we, who doesn't love the Aaron Rodgers intrigue, right? Yeah, well, as long, as long as there's some shit for you to break, I appreciate it because it gives us something to talk about. We go. appreciate all your hard work. We're is, on the same page. Is Mitchell Trubisky going to get traded for, like maybe down there in Carolina, especially oh, with what yeah. he's doing up there in Buffalo already? Houston. Uh, I would be surprised. I mean, I guess nothing should surprise me, but I would be a little surprised at that. Everyone had a chance to sign Mitchell Trubisky in March when no one had a quarterback, and the only thing he got was two and a half million dollars. Um, only. We'll see if. I don't know, it's not even. Not even going to joke that it's not McAfee money, but anyway. Um, which. <laughs> At which this point, it's it not. Yeah, you're, um, you're right. So let's yeah, just be right. real for a second. Yeah, we're, um, living, we're living pretty good right now. What, <laughs> we let's say it, someone honestly. loses a quarterback. Well, it is going to be interesting to see if someone calls on Trubisky. I'd be surprised, but does he do enough over the last week and this week to make someone go, okay? This guy that I saw in the field last year was not good enough, but this guy they see in the field this year is going to be good. Nagy does not want to fall into that Gase umbrella where Tannehill leaves and has success, and now Mitchell Trubisky potentially does. I like Nagy, by the way, after listening to his uh, – he did a press conference. It seemed like he was pretty comfortable and cool and everything like that. They got to win some games, though. I'm sick of watching that bullshit up there. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Ian Rappaport. Thank you. Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills are on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes, it's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> here we go. 
That is not what they had in their copy. Okay. <laughs> they should. That was, I think they're going in a different direction, so let's go back a sentence or two. Okay, okay. When you, when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes, and guess what? Ha! Huh? Last a long time. Banging it, banging it, banging it. Yeah, it's Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. That's Boom. right. Dingers. Downtown. Bingo. Her population, you dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the yeah, medication. F- free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to GetRoman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. <laughs> We can't thank you enough. Even if you're on the cock, peacock, watching along, we can't thank you enough. Ain't that right, AJ? Yeah, can they watch this show on the cock? No, no, I just wanted to kind of shoehorn in the fact that I did <laughs> say that last night. I did get it in. Oh, yeah. And it did, was, you hear, did anyone say anything to you? Not yet. I assume it's going to happen, though. Like, I mean, it's great pub. <laughs> For the cock, I feel like. Well, a lot of people were tweeting, you know, the cock has some... <laughs> yeah. yeah, some serious pull. <laughs> I mean, it was a... I mean, you can see how Peacock, the cock... I mean, there's people coming after me about it being a family show and all that stuff. Like, yo, I'm sorry, man. Like, I say a lot of words on there. You know? Wait, wasn't it a pay-per-view, though? It was a pay-per-view, but it's still on the cock. Peacock, which I think has the same rules. I think has. you Justin Timberlake-ed it. I think you, you dropped the the. Yeah, just call it cock. <laughs> I don't know if what you're saying is... Anywhere what? near what we're talking about, but I do appreciate you, Zito. <laughs> You're listening and watching this pay per view only available on Cock. <laughs> Peacock. I don't know. I don't know if I'll be able to slide that in. Let's get some phone, shall we, AJ Hawk? Yeah, let's do it. We have Michael Lombardi joining us in about 11 minutes. I cannot wait to chat with Michael Lombardi. It's been far too long. It's been a long time. Yeah. His son's getting quoted up there in yeah. New England now. Oh, yeah. He's coaching up there. I mean, he's got. You know, people everywhere. I assume the cam situation. I hope agree. He's perfect for the cam situation. I feel like cam situation will be awesome. He's also talking about the wide, uh, wide receivers. Uh, no block, no rock. That's the new thing up there in New England for the wide receivers. You don't block, you ain't getting a ball. So mm-hmm. take a hike, pal. Yeah, him and Troy Brown. Also, Lombardi was at uh, Eagles Pats uh, joint practice last week as well. Oh, it's because he lives in the area. Yeah. He knows that. Oh my God, Sirianni in here. Exactly. Him. Hey, Mr. Oh. Sirianni. Hey, Mr. Lombardi for the Lombardi know. family. How you doing? Yeah, I wonder what Sirianni said to that. Well, Siciliano came in there. And of course. <laughs> Siciliano was crushing it. Siciliano? Siciliano. Oh, shit. I are you we- sure you guys are saying his name right? I'm almost positive it's Siciliano. I don't know. Just when me and Siciliano are talking. <laughs> okay. So wait, so you're saying, how do you say it? Siciliano. And what do you say, Ty? Siciliano. What, which uh, one is it? 
I'm pretty sure Siciliano. I think he's getting a little runoff from Joe Pompliano and Siciliano. Pompliano, obviously the Twitter account, podcast, and marketing world. I believe the Pompliano brothers have really. I think they have a CNBC show now. I believe. Really? Yeah, but they do a lot of like what we thought Ravel was going to do for a long time, and Ravel did have that baton for a long time. Seems like he passed it off to the Pompliano's. It seems like in the business sport world, and we appreciate all their services, but. Pompey always said he's going to pay Benny LeMay's fine or whatever. I'll, I'll start a GoFundMe or something. <laughs> just fucking send him 3500 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Send him a Bitcoin. One, just, one better. Just just one. Send, hey, do the whole thing there, Pomp. I like that. I appreciate that. I don't like that that kid's getting fined for that, though, AJ. I think it's bullshit whenever they start coming into the pockets of guys that aren't going to make a lot of money and they're only going to be able to work for a certain amount of time. I think it's bullshit, AJ. Yeah, getting fined in preseason is weird. Oh. When it's some, when it's guys that haven't really been in the league much, and it's just yeah, I don't know. I mean, hopefully he gets all of it back and not just a portion of it. And Rappaport came out and said, yeah, he'll uh, appeal and he'll get his money back. But then they're still fine. Like it was a penalty enough. All right, we get it. This yeah. guy's entire run that was massive against the team that's based in where he went to school. I don't know if that's where he's from or not, but this guy in the Colts backfield is going to be a tough make. Hopefully 31 other teams saw him do this thing. I don't like him getting fined, though. No. I don't like that. Not one bit. Let's nope. go to the phones. Let's go to Smokehouse in Chicago on a five-hour energy phone line. What's going on, Smokehouse? A lot of sneezes. Hey, what's going on, Pat? A lot of sneezes. Yeah, right? Thank you. It was such a goddamn great blaring. summer slam last night. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you, Smokehouse. I appreciate you, dude. I appreciate that. I'm so I was looking over the at. One uh, thing I, I was, did miss uh, out on uh, was I really wanted to see Pat show up at NXT and help Kyle O'Reilly get that three zero pinfall and then set up McAfee v Cole three. Smokehouse, I appreciate the hell out of you. He's talking about Adam Cole. Uh, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly went after it last night at NXT TakeOver 36. Allegedly, the internet is saying that Adam Cole's contract is up and he is now a free agent. What? Ooh. We would like to wish that scumbag good luck on all his future endeavors. I hope he never goes to anywhere. I, we hope maybe he retires. That'd be good for yeah, yeah. all of sports entertainment if he just retires. Hopefully. Yeah. Deletes his Twitter, deletes his Instagram. Just Twitch, goes. get his Twitch out. Just leave. Get out of here. Maybe he moves to a foreign country and never see him again. That would be great if Adam Cole did that. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think what he's going to do is going to cause uh, pretty big waves. I think whatever he, wherever he ends up, it's going to be a highly talked about thing. It shouldn't be. He just lost Kyle O'Reilly last night. Tapped mm -hmm. out. Kyle O'Reilly had a handcuff to a, a top rope, and he got his leg locked up and called it a tap to lose that thing. You guys, guys washed up at this point. He lost yeah. to a guy that was handcuffed to the rope. I mean, what do we even want? Nobody wants that guy. I mean, whoever gets him, though, is going to be a big deal. Yeah. It is yeah. going to be a big deal. Yeah. Whoever, wherever he ends up is going to be a big deal, AJ Hawk. Yeah. He and CM Punk are going to pal around together, aren't they? Whoa. Come on, dude. dude. What the Whoa. hell is that? That guy's back, right? Doing? He's back. That's doing Phil Brooks to you. Uh, dude, I got so many tweets from people. I got so many tweets from people. CM Punk. Yeah, yeah. Please, I have a little okay. respect for the man buying the character as well. The, um, I got so many tweets saying, Pat won't even say CM Punk's name on his show. Whoa. Pat won't even say it. Won't even talk about it. I'll say this. That was a sweet pop. That was a sweet <laughs> That was awesome In Chicago You know Wrestling fans have been Chanting dude's name For years and years And obviously He is a guy Who has still become And stayed incredibly relevant In the wrestling world Because of the talent That he showed Whenever he was with WWE And after five years Or seven How many years it was I forget the exact date I apologize That was an awesome Awesome moment I, I think every wrestler Hopes and prays one day To have a pop like that it was incredible. Now, with that being said, 
I wish his promo would have been a little bit more. I wish he would have. Good. I mean, he's a great talk. CM Punk's a great talker, but it was, you know, I wish, like, he is a great, CM Punk is a great talk. Like, his promo is the best. I thought it was going to be, I think he was going to go, but I think he was just enjoying the moment so much. I mean, yeah, he, as he should, by the way. Ice cream, I think. He fucking bought ice cream for everybody in the arena. That was so the most important part. Legendary play. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Say? It was an ice cream bar. Right yeah, that's with the chocolate on the outside, vanilla on the inside. Oh, oh clear! Oh, oh my god, that tastes so good. Those things are going for a lot of money. But yeah, that was an awesome <laughs> night on Friday. That was an awesome moment for uh, wrestling as a whole, man. Yeah, I didn't. I just knew he was back. I didn't see what his reaction was like. I didn't know about the ice cream. But if he's oh. having trouble with promos, why don't he talk to that dude? What L.A. Knight or whatever? That dude can talk. Okay, he's not having trouble with promos. Okay, okay. come on, Hawk. They, they, Punk is not having any trouble with promos. Uh, L.A. Knight and your guy, your actual guy, Cameron Grimes, went after it last night. Cameron Grimes gets the uh, million dollar championship back. I think. Oh, okay. All right. Hey. As long as it's, it's there for Fandango to come back and grab whenever he decides. <laughs> hey, Dirty Dango's out there doing his thing. Let's go to Max in Arizona. What's going Flipping on, Max? House is doing great. Yeah, of course, man. Talked about it. Making big money, dude. Dirty Dango. What's going on, Max? Hey, Pat the boys. How's everyone doing today? Not too shabby, man. How are you doing out there? I'm doing good. Sitting in this Arizona sun. Uh, you got familiar with recently. So uh, I had two questions. Or not questions. Just things I wanted to get your comment on. Uh, one... The Fiesta Bowl out here in Arizona uh, just partnered up with Caesars to be the first uh, bowl partnership uh, for a college bowl game. So I wanted to get your ideas on that. Uh, second thing um, is just Larry Fitzgerald. He basically came out and said he doesn't have the urge to play anymore, but is still keeping his options open, uh, kind of making his future out here as unsure as whether you know Gumpy has a chin or that beard or not so oh i mean none of us were listening <laughs> okay, so he might have complimented gumpy there okay but max was talking originally about the fiesta bowl being sponsored by caesars and uh, well, this leads me to this i, I everybody's going to get into the sports book game because there's like actually trillions of dollars at stake here in the long run with sports gambling and everything like that so shout out to the fiesta bowl something aj you played it three times you said Yep, three times. Great game, right? I think you and I enjoyed it whenever we played awesome. out there. The whole experience, is, it's amazing out there, yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. And at that point, I should have said, you know, Figgy's it's a pretty good place, but I think I was drunk for most of the week. So, you know, I tried to drink away a lot of sorrows <laughs> at that point. So I don't think I enjoyed it. It is fantastic. Caesars getting involved there is awesome. Can we talk about these promoted tweets? Oh, my what is God. What, every third fucking tweet at this. This is not what Twitter is, dude. Like, this is not. Can you turn them off? I've been trying to turn them uh, off for a while. Yeah, they they, they act like it's a topic you follow. It happened on Friday. I put, it's not relevant. See less often. Scroll again. Bam. Again. It makes no Bam. sense. So you used to be able to turn off all of the shit, right? Well, on Twitter, like, do you want us to give you uh, advertising that can help you? Because they're like saying, as you walk into a store, basically, you can get a potential coupon, maybe, or anything like that. Like, that's how they were hiding things initially whenever they were tracking people and marketing. And now Twitter is, I don't know if they ran out of money or if this is a pigs get fed hogs get slaughtered situation every third tweet is a promoted tweet and it's almost like i'm i'm looking at the people that are promoting their tweets and i'm like yo this is not what fucking twitter is supposed to be but i guess all social media platforms are getting ruined now at this point with algorithms and this and that now with these products i saw something have two retweets and had 120,000 views okay nobody's watching that 
All right, you are wasting your money. People are probably hating your company more because you're actually getting into their timeline as opposed to the opposite, but everybody seems to be doing it. I actually thought about putting a pretty large investment into promoted tweets, mocking promoted tweets. Twitter would take the money, everybody would laugh me out of the building, I'd lose my money and nothing would happen, but this has to change. It, it, it is every third tweet on my timeline I'm getting something. I'm like, yo, I, I appreciate JB Smooth. Like, hey, I think you're probably a hilarious guy. I didn't watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. I've seen some of your commercials i don't need to see him dressing up like fucking caesar every third tweet i appreciate it i respect the fact that caesar's going all in but i don't think that's the right way to be doing who's who's clicking on that oh you just fucked up my entire timeline oh i want to go do that what what companies are doing that and thinking that is a success is it successful there can't be right i mean if they're doing it it must be working no somewhere no that's wrong is twitter I, I agree is brutal i don't it's not like individuals promoting it, they're always like whatever weird company or product, right? I've seen individuals now promoting their tweets or sorry ass tweets, and I'm like, yo, all right. Yeah, Twitter has a natural function to promote tweets, okay? It's called the retweet. <laughs> yeah. And that is, that is how you do it, okay? Yeah. And that, it, like, I just don't know. And it's almost like abuse leads to restriction, obviously. They have to dial that back at least 50%. I mean, it ha it is, you do one scroll of, oh, what's going on in the world? Oh, you know Hey, do you think they are they setting us up to hey hey if you pay four ninety nine a month you don't have to see all these? Are oh, they yeah, trying to set us up for that? Definitely, one thousand yeah. percent somehow. And I guess that's smart. I guess that's smart out of them, but that's not what Twitter is, no. dude. That's not what Twitter well, is. It's man. getting to the point now too, where it's not you know it used to be every three scrolls you'd see the same promoted tweet three times. Now it's like there will be three different promoted tweets from three different companies so like you can never escape it really like every time you're refreshing your timeline and scrolling to something new it's one of these different places but there, there are multiple people that are doing it i have no idea why it's happening though aj did you watch have you watched any of them i'm on twitter all no, the, literally all one. the time i've not seen no. one time where i've gone oh you know what I'm gonna retweet that. I'm taking my business. <laughs> you know, like I just I don't know. Some people do. It obviously has to work on some people. I don't think I think what the only people it's working on are the people that are making the decisions to spend these millions of dollars in advertising from the platform saying, Oh, look at these numbers we're getting. Like those aren't real numbers. And that's the internet basically. The internet is fake, yep. fake numbers. Fake numbers. But those companies will stop advertising with Twitter once they realize, oh, hey, it says all this, but we're not getting any traffic driven to our, our site or whatever we're trying to sell you, so they're going to go somewhere else. Well, you're, you're giving way too much credit to these people that are making advertising decisions. And not, not everywhere, not everywhere, but in a lot of places, you got some real brilliant minds, obviously, mm -hmm. making oh, yeah. money. Joining us now, speaking of brilliant minds, a man who has done literally everything in the NFL. We haven't talked to him in a while. I cannot wait to catch up. Paisan, a man who is not only a host of the GM Shuffle and the Lombardi line and every other thing he's got going, author, a newsletter. He's former GM, confidant, co you name it. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Lombardi. Yeah! How are you, oh, pal? It's good to be back, Pat. It's good to see you. Good to see you, AJ. Hope all is well. I'm excited to be here. Uh, Mike, we have missed you immensely. You look fantastic. Have you been on a? You've been on some sort of diet of some sort. You look good right now. Thank you, Pat. I appreciate it. Yes, I'm trying to. I, I have this 300 pound man that lives inside of me, and I'm trying to get rid of him. So, <laughs> yeah. some success. Yes, it's called put work down. It's, it's, it's we're getting. It's a long way to go yet, Pat. I mean, it's still a long way to go. Hey, I need you to turn your phone sideways, I think. But whenever we, um, whenever we talk about Michael Lombardi, bingo, nailed it. All right, and we'll reframe it. Yep. 
let me do this here. I'll get it up here a little bit. I'm out at the University of Arizona. I'm spending some time out here helping them out. So, are you speaking? Are you speaking to them? I'm gonna, oh, no. <laughs> hey, this is my fault. Your voice was echoing into the thing off the table, so that's why you were cutting out a little bit. So we turned it sideways so the speaker's that way. Are you speaking to Arizona right now? Uh, yeah, I'm out here on a couple days Yeah, just to spend time around the football program, so I'm really looking forward to it. It'll be fun. I got my Arizona gear on. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, you look good. You uh, sound fantastic. Football season's right around the corner. What are your thoughts on what's going on in New England right now? This Cam Newton stuff, Paisan, I, I don't understand how this was an oversight or a misunderstanding. This seems like something more than that, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't get it either. I spent last Tuesday up there, and, you know, everybody was really excited about the team. I think Mac Jones is developing and coming along, and Cam had, you know, his best game on Thursday night. I thought he had a good day of practice the, win- the Tuesday that I was there. So, you know, obviously this is a setback. They're, they're uh, you know, going to go into the final preseason game with Mac Jones as the starter and, and, and Brian Hoyer to finish up. So, you know, I don't, I don't – think it's going to affect who will start on Sunday at the opening game on 430 against the Miami Dolphins. I think Cam will still be the starter, but I, I do think that this is problematic, especially when it appears like he hasn't been vaccinated, which I think is always going to be a problem for everybody. Mike, doesn't this seem like something that would happen to 31 other teams, but this is something that doesn't seem like a, a Patriots team would let happen? It does seem kind of odd and out of character. Yeah, well, it is. I mean, especially when they, you know, compliance with with in terms of the standardized testing and what happened with the tests and all that. I definitely think that that's that's got a little bit of a concern. But look, they'll they'll rally around it. It's a great opportunity for Mac Jones. I mean, Mac Jones has come on and you know last week against Philadelphia, I thought he played really well. He runs, he's run the no huddle two weeks in a row. He's done a nice job with that. He looks like he's growing in the offense and. You know, when one guy misses practice, the next guy takes over. And I think that, you know, that becomes a lot easier. And I agree with you, AJ. I think it's just not typical of, of New England, but they'll figure out a solution for it. Let's talk about what if Mac, because you just said incredible opportunity, and I was thinking so far ahead the entire time. I wasn't even thinking about the day-to-day here. Mac gets to act like the starting quarterback here, right, in meetings now, in taking the reps, in the locker room, everything like that. For five days, this is his squad, basically, now that Cam is being held out. Is there any chance you think that Bill and Josh see something out of him and be like, you know what, it's now's the time, or do you think it is uh, – it is kind of still in the future. No, I think, look, they're practicing against the Giants all week. They're going to practice against the Giants starting on Wednesday, Thursday, and I think Wednesday and Thursday. Then they play them on Sunday in the final preseason game. So he's going to get great work against a defense that, you know, we know played pretty well at the end of the year last year. So this is a great opportunity for Mac Jones to, to continue to develop and play faster. You know, the number one thing I think we have to understand about rookie quarterbacks is they all play slow. I thought you saw it last night with Trey Lance, even though in the second half he got better. They start out playing slow because the game's moving too fast for them. And I think that ultimately the more reps you get, the faster you'll end up playing, which helped Mac Jones. And I think he's starting to play a little faster than uh, from week one to week two. So, And now having the Giants to come in to practice against, that's another advantage he has. What the hell do you have on your finger? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm out here. I got my Super Bowl ring. Hey, that I mean, thing. If, I'm on a matter, I, if you're going to wear it, you might as well wear it when you, you know, when you're out visiting people. So, yeah. Yes, you should absolutely wear that when you're speaking to or visiting a college football team. How's it going? You might not. All of you might not know me. 
But you fucking know what this is. Don't you? <laughs> is this not what we're trying to get right here? I mean, that is awesome. Good for you, dude. You know, I, 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 if you're not going to wear it, I mean, I got to wear them. So, you know, if I don't wear it now, when am I going to wear it? How's the podcast? How's life? How's everything going? Good? It's good, you know. I mean, the Daily Coach has been growing leaps and bounds, so we're happy about that. Uh, podcast has been doing good. It's good to talk about football. I miss you guys, though. I haven't had a chance to talk to you guys. I miss it. I listen to Hammer Down. Uh, you know, so I'm just trying to stay in all the world. I see you traveling. You were out in Arizona last week. Looked like you were in a hell of a spot. I mean, I thought it was great. I mean, I'm following you. you you're getting some miles on that private plane. <laughs> it is. It's getting a bit pricey, but yeah, we're living a little bit. I wish I would have known you were out there. I would have stuck around to see you. The Hammer Down boys are on a heater. Can't wait to have you kind of help uh, us out through football season. And before the boys have their questions, because we all have missed you, I think whenever you talked about that rookie quarterback situation, as a former general manager in the NFL, okay, at a place that needed to draft quarterbacks high on a regular basis, whenever you have the future of the franchise sitting in your building and you have a veteran quarterback playing, let's say like Andy Dalton, Jimmy G. I mean, you can go around all these situations this year. It feels like there's more than this year than there has been in some time. How do you know when to balance, when to pull the trigger? Because Nagy and Pace, they have a plan, you know, and I'm not saying that Justin Fields is necessarily outplaying Andy Dalton. I'm just saying uh, the, the Niners, they have a plan. Everybody has a plan, but how realistic is that if the plan doesn't go to schedule? You know what I mean? Like how realistic is that really? Well, I think this, you know, it's never A or B. Do we start Justin Fields or do we start Andy Dalton? I, I think you have to imply something we talk about in leadership, which is called second-order thinking. So when a lot of these decisions are really problematic for Kyle Shanahan, for Bill Belichick, for Matt Nagy, is if I start, let's say I start Mac Jones, and let's say Mac Jones doesn't play well the first two weeks, and he, it's the game's not perfect for him, and he gets into a little bit of a funk. How do I get him out of it? What do I do? Right? If I start Trey Lance and he does and we lose two games and he throws picks, what do I do? Oh. Whereas if I start Jimmy G and I let this kid kind of develop as he goes along, and then when the time is right, I put him in guaranteeing he's gonna have some success, then that's what I should do. We as fans, we want to rush this thing along. And I think as coaches, you have to have second order thinking. You've got to say, okay, if I start fields then I know Andy Dalton's really not going to be part of the team this year. I'm going to go all in on fields no matter how bad he plays. I'm not changing quarterbacks. If I start Dalton, there's going to be a time where I'm going to have to put fields in the game. So you're kind of looking at – it's a little bit like you've got the cue ball and you know you're going to put one in the pocket. You've got to line the cue ball back to hit the second shot. Got to put a little spin on that little English. You got to play for the next shot. You know what I mean? What, Black Widow, right? She's oh, like, oh yeah, oh, Janelle. She was on ESPN. Oh, she was unbelievable. She was. Yeah. She was. All, it, all of it, guys, is situational based. Like I watched Trey Lance last night, and you got a Super Bowl contending team in San Francisco, right? Are you going to let him go out there and hold the ball and and get sacked and maybe mess up your Super Bowl chance in September when you can allow him to grow and eventually he'll become a good player? Right. And so, like, let's keep trying to win games with Jimmy, who took us to a Super Bowl two years ago. We had a 10 point lead going in the fourth quarter. Why not wait? Why not let Lance develop and get really comfortable? Because right now they're thinking way too much. Jamar Chase thinking way too much. He's not thinking about catching the ball. He's thinking about running the right route. He's dropping too many passes. This is what happens. Mike, with the quarterbacks, though, if you look at, like, let's say Chicago right now, Justin Fields coming out and saying, like, I don't think it's right when they chant my name or if they boo Andy or whatever. How like how well does Andy Dalton have to play 
to not have Justin Fields come in and replace him because I feel like the first three and out, if they're in Chicago, they're going to be going crazy. And how much does the crowd weigh into that type of shit? Because you have to think about them at some point, right? I think it also is the guys in the locker room, too. Because, AJ, you you and Pat, you both have been in the locker room. You know, now you were in, in situations where you had star quarterbacks, so nobody was going to challenge them. But the reality of this, the team knows, too. The team has more confidence. You know, the team knows, hey, if we have Fields in the game, we're going to play better. Or if we have Dalton in the game, you know, he'll help us out. I think it's a real challenge. And if and to me, it's really for Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, where, are, where is our team going this year? I don't think they're a Super Bowl contending team. I don't think they'll win seven or eight games. I would start Fields and just start his, his process moving along and build the team around that. If I'm in San Francisco where I'm competing for a chance to go to the Super Bowl, I'm going to start Garoppolo and let Lance develop. So I think it's all situational based, and I think that that's really you got to know who your team is before you make that move. Let's go to a guy who's going to love you saying the Bears are going to stink this year. Ty Schmidt, <laughs> Green Bay Packer owner. Yeah, Michael. Speaking of the Packers, uh, after everything we saw this off season with Rodgers, a lot of people were saying, you know, that for whatever reason, the way the locker room was, that it was a distraction, that the the Packers weren't going to be Super Bowl contenders this year just because the the team chemistry wasn't right or whatever. What's your take on that whole situation? How do you think the Packers are going to be this year? I, I think they'll be fine. I think the, the, their, their chemistry will be fine because they know the best player on the team is on the field for them. Look, look, we can go back to that conference championship game. If they would have helped out Billy Milner at left tackle, if they would have not given up the cheap touchdown at the end of the first half, oh. if they would not turn the ball over to start the second half, that 14-point middle eight swing. I mean, you could make a strong argument that the that the Packers let that game slip away. Brady throws three interceptions in that game. And so I think you got a really good team in Green Bay. You made some really horrendous mistakes coaching-wise, not protecting the tackles, giving up the cheap touchdown at the end of the half, that you can get that back going again. And everybody in that locker room has to play better, coaches and players. And I think that they're right there on the cusp. I mean, would they get the – they get everything kind of aligned for them this year. They could be, they might be twelve and five, but they might be a better team than they were last year. I'm interested to see how the whole saga plays out. Randall Cobb's going to have to play well, but you know, a lot of people said Aaron Rodgers choked in that NFC Championship oh, yeah. game. Uh, uh, this guy choked. Uh, yeah, Tom, greatest of all time. We are not debating. Three picks in that game. You get a win. It doesn't matter. It's like Vinatieri. One of his Super Bowl game winners. I think before the game, in that game, he missed two kicks before that. Nobody gives a fuck if you <laughs> win. Nobody gives a winning cures everything at the end of that thing. Aaron goes to the Super Bowl there. They're talking about how great of an NFC championship he has and everything like that. Instead, a couple plays, a couple decisions, they're out, and now all hell broke loose. Did you watch that along? And did you go, when I was a general manager in the NFL, if I was a president in the NFL, and I had Aaron fucking Rodgers as my quarterback, because this is what every other person that has ever had any power in the NFL has said. If I had Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback, you were dreaming your entire life to have a guy like Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. You're doing everything you can, right? Isn't that something that should have been thought of? And how do you think they fix that with the player? Well, I think a lot of that game was on the floor. I really do. I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers played. I think Aaron Rodgers got hit from the very first play of the game. He got sacked with much. Oh, yeah. I mean, he got the ball at the end of the half. He got 53 seconds. He just got sacked at the end of the half. Just run the clock out. Instead, they throw the interception on the middle read against cover two. You know, then they give up the cheap touchdown with seven seconds to go at the end of the half. You know, they, there was a lot of coaching errors in that game. A lot of miscalculation by them thinking that they can get five in a route when they can't block the front. 
right? So I think if as a general manager, if I was the GM of the Packers, I wouldn't be worried about Rodgers. I'd be worried about LaFleur. I'd be worried about Pettin, who they obviously were when they didn't bring him back. But to me, they've got to play better. They've got to perform at a higher level. The Packers were good enough to win that game. They were good enough to win that game, and yet they just let it slip away. Really, it's their own fault. I promise you, you go back and watch that tape, you can't be happy if you're a Packer fan how many opportunities you blew. So what do you think about what happened after that? You know, the draft day accumulation of news release, because we haven't talked to you in some time. That whole thing really blew up. Aaron never said a word. Mark Murphy continued to put his foot in his mouth with every email and press conference he could have. (laughs) Now Gunta Kuntz is talking one day after a 35-minute press conference where Aaron Rodgers, full baby face, explains everything. And everybody's like, oh, I'd be mad about that too. (laughs) Then Gunta Kuntz goes the next day and is like basically a little bit snotty. Seems like they're still in good graces. There's pictures of them talking to each other. How do you handle that as a GM? And how do you let it get to that point? Look, if I were the GM of the Packers, I would have flown out and spent time with Rodgers and basically apologized for the for our lack of really helping him. You know, now look, I know there's a lot of situations. You know, he's 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 underpaid where he is, and the, and, and and obviously he wants certain players around him that he feels comfortable with. And part of the job of the GM is to listen to that. You know, you, you, I'm not saying you do everything he wanted to do, but he you got to make him feel comfortable. Brady only felt comfortable playing with certain guys too. This is just an inherited thing that comes with the quarterback position. When you get a great player, Dan Marino wanted Duper. He wanted Clayton. He wanted those guys. He barely let O.J. McDuffie in the door, and eventually that ended up working out. So for me – I think you've got to be proactive. And Murphy just Murphy wants to get into the Hall of Fame because he's talking like he's running the team, and yet he's blaming Gutekiss for everything. I've said this many times about the Packers. He's the first, first president since Vince Lombardi went there in 1959 that has splintered the order of power within Green Bay. It's because he wants to have a say, and I think that is problematic. Golly, go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Mike, at the end of last year, you said the Patriots, they really just didn't have a good team. When you were at joint practice last week with the uh, Eagles, do you see them being a contender in a playoff team? And also with the QB competition, when can we expect some sort of announcement or will we not hear until the Dolphins game? Well, I mean, you won't hear anything out of there. I mean, they're, they're more secret oh, yeah. than the A up there, so you can forget about that. But I, I think that when you watch them, their front seven's way better. Like, they couldn't set an edge to save anybody's life last year. They could get the ball around the corner on them. It had to make Coach Belichick sick. This year, you know, with Judon and all the players they've added, particularly in the defensive front, Gotchow, the nose tackle, he didn't even play last week. You know, they've got a bunch of good young players. This Barmore kid they drafted from Alabama is really good. This Carl Davis, this kid who's bounced around the league from Iowa, you know, he was in Baltimore, got drafted, was all over. He's been really good for them so far. They're a way different team defensively, getting Hightower back. I don't think they're as good in the secondary. They're going to need Gilmore to come back and play well. They need that. But, look, they can run the football against anyone. Trent Brown and Shaq Mason, the right side of that line, you watch the first play of the Eagle game. They take the three technique and drive them five yards down the field. They're going to be a physical running team. Not Nige, I mean, Damian Harris is going to have a huge year for them running the ball. They've got backs. And I think they've got enough skill. I didn't see Hunter Henry in practice, and, I, and Junu Smith was hurt, so I didn't get the chance to see him. But they're good. They're a better team. Now, are they better than Buffalo? That remains to be seen. They've got a ways to go there. But they're not going to be pushover page this year. They're not going to be able to move them off the line of scrimmage. They're going to control a lot of, a lot of teams. What about the other team that they were practicing against, the Philadelphia Eagles? We know Sirianni's there. What did they look like, and, and what do you expect from Jalen Hurts this year? 
Well, I think Jalen Hurts has got to prove that he can stay in the pocket and throw the ball. I think it's one look and run with Jalen Hurts, and he's got to stop doing that. I think he's very comfortable throwing the ball to the tight end. He really favors Ertz or Goddard in their offense. I think that their offensive line's got to stay healthy. That's the big thing for the Eagles. Can they stay healthy? The Eagles' success will be all about their defensive front, right? They've got to be – they're really good up front. Fletcher Cox, you know, this Hargrave kid they signed from Pittsburgh finally is in shape. He looks good. Brandon Graham, Sweat, the kid they drafted a couple years ago. They're really good up front. Their linebacker and secondary is not very good. You can throw the ball on them. You can win one-on-one matchups against them. But their front's hard to block. Their front will be hard to block. I think the Eagles will have a, a ways to go, particularly if they get any injuries. They're not very depth. And you see it. First game that they played against Pittsburgh, when they put the backups in, they got routed. This game, when it was a two-on-two game, when it was the Patriots' seconds versus the, the, the Eagles' seconds, it was a route. The Eagles don't have a lot of depth. What are your thoughts on Sirianni? I think he's going to be – look, there's no school you go to to learn how to become a head coach. It's going to be all-the-job training. And, he's, and it's a collaborative effort there in Philadelphia, right? So he's got a bunch of people helping him out. You know, the general managers in his ear, the sports science people in Philadelphia, they control how long they practice, right? Philadelphia has three so everything is controlled. Sirianni doesn't have all the control on what he wants to do. I think it's going to be an on-the-job training program. Well, we're working on getting all that control, Mike, and I can guarantee it right now. Once we get the details and I get that control, I will be the best football coach in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles. You can mark my word right now. I, I, I believe you'll get that. I think you're entitled <laughs> I think you should have it. I mean, look, remember this. They've never dedicated a monument to a committee. So just tell them, look, there's no committees going on here. Like, they've never dedicated one to a committee. Hey, that's um, that's a real problem in Philadelphia, right? You got the accountant, Howie Roseman, in the year. You got the owner in the year. That's why Is that why Doug Peterson said, get me the fuck out of here? Because Doug was just hanging out with Carson and Frank in practice, <laughs> and everybody assumed that Doug hated Carson, Carson hated Doug. Now they both are out of town, basically. And is it because they hired Doug as a young guy, wanted to control him? Then he got good and was like, listen, I think I can handle some more stuff than what you guys are allowing me to do. They said, no, nah, get out of here. And then they just did the same thing with Sirianni. And it, there's no way that's a winning recipe anywhere, right? Right. I don't think it is, but they do. I mean, they believe their organization can carry the head coach, not the head coach carries the organization. And maybe I'm old school. Maybe I see that. You know, and I've worked with some great head coaches. So I want the head coach to be the spokesman for the team, and I want him to decide. I want him to tell me how long we should practice, not the guy in the sports science department. But the Eagles, you know, that's where they've had their success. And so, you know, if they can continue to do it, we shall see. So I think it's going to take some time before it works out. And Sirianni's going to be young, and he's going to need help as he goes along. Well, he does. He watches film with Kobe Oshie, which immediately makes me believe that he's a, he loves second place. Because yeah. as soon as Joey Josh Chestnut showed up, fucking Kobe Oshie retired. <laughs> yep. People <laughs> forget. And now we got Sirianni pushing this Kobayashi narrative. It's like, what about the water that fucking Joey Chestnut's using? Can we not talk about that on the 4th of July? Let's talk a little bit more about the guy commentating that 4th of July hot dog contest. That guy's awesome. Uh, Hammered down Diggs. Can't wait. Hey, a lot of excitement in the air for your uh, return here, Paisan, especially from Diggs. Can't wait. You just tell me when. Like I told you in a text, you tell me when, and I'm I'm right there. I'll do whatever you want. That's my fucking guy. Can't wait, Lombo. Uh, Tonight. We're going to see Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston. Uh, you got an idea of what Sean Payton likes to do, likes to run down there. Who do you think is going to end up winning that competition down there? Because Taysom Hill came out and said, if I'm not the quarterback, then maybe I shouldn't be in New Orleans. 
I think that's his real issue, right? So, Sean, you know, it would be easy to say, let's put Winston in the starter and we'll use Taysom Hill in the role that we're used to seeing him in. Well, I don't think Taysom Hill wants to bite on that role anymore. Here's what I think has to happen. He wants $40 million. That's He wants $40 million. That's why, right? I mean. Look, I $40 million too. I don't mean we're going to get it. You know? <laughs> Everybody wants to be in the $40 million club. Here's what happens in New Orleans. Watch the game closely tonight. What New Orleans loves to do is they love to motion a guy and set him. So when they motion them through and they set them, then that's when the offense goes into play. And whoever can handle that at the line of scrimmage, Breeze was brilliant at this. They get into the right play. And I think that this is what you're going to see. Whoever wins the job is the guy that does that the best. I think it'll be Taysom Hill because I think Taysom Hill will protect the football. Plus, it'll give Sean a chance to have more loose plays to make explosive plays without Michael Thomas in there. Yeah, Callaway might be a good player. You know, maybe uh, Smith could come back from his injury. But I think they're going to need to find to manufacture points through a big play option at quarterback, and it might be Taysom Hill. Ladies and gentlemen, former general manager in the NFL, consultant, everything like that, GM Shufflepod, the daily coach, very Italian man. Speaking to the Arizona Wildcats. Yeah, Teddy Bruschi's alma mater, Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. Who's coaching? Through here, John Fina, the left tackle from Buffalo, was on Buffalo Super Bowl teams. A lot of good players here. Yeah, Brant Boyer, special teams coordinator for the New York Jets. He's running around back here. Uh, who's, who's coaching out there now? Who do you know out there now? Jed Fish used to be at New England, was at uh, UCLA a long time, been at National Football League, was at Jacksonville, was at University of Michigan, was at the Rams most recently with Sean McVay. Oh, okay. I can't wait to hear the speech. Hopefully somebody will put it on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Lombardi. Yeah! So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions of dollars to their users. FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sportsbook going for a lot of reasons, most of them what I just said. Uh, we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel, obviously. There are so many different ways to win. There's more things to bet on. Their boosts seem to always hit, which is just fucking themselves over time and time again. Uh, we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook, and you will too. If you haven't used it yet, use it now. Nah. Also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel, shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. But let's pivot back to Saturday night. Okay. Two big NFL stories led off the show. Don't know how we didn't talk about this, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. My life changed a couple nights ago in Las Vegas, Nevada. And my life had changed numerous times in Las Vegas before. Sure. But in this particular time, in a positive fashion, got a chance to enjoy the hell out of a massive pay-per-view for the WWE in a NFL football stadium. 51,000 plus there. And I got a chance to call some legendary matches in Obviously, two big returns next to the greatest of all time, ladies and gentlemen. A man who once covered um, 
Uh, David Koresh. Yep. Uh, in Baylor area down Waco. there, Waco, Texas. Uh, he was also a part of a war. Uh, mm-hmm. He's been on presidential campaigns as a big J journalist. Wow. Uh, he covered a fire, I think, on a river while he was on the river surrounded by fire. So there's water for drowning and fire for burning. He was out there getting the news because that's what Michael. Well, different name, dead. Right. Yeah. Instead, he hung all that up, went into the wrestling world, and has become the absolute goat. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Cole. Yeah! Oh, Before we get started, I got two things I got to get off my chest. Go ahead. The first thing is, you guys are making a big deal about Carson Wentz coming back in the first week. You know, in 2011, right, I uh, got beat up every week by every superstar, and I'd never missed a live event. So I don't understand why this is such a big deal. This guy's coming back from some foot injury after like two weeks. Okay. All right. So, Michael, you haven't missed a tell. Hold on. How many did you have you missed? How many shows have you missed in 24 years? 25 years? Two. Two shows, Jesus. 25 years. That's every week, by the way. WWE does every week, even during the entire uh, quarantine COVID, when everything else stopped. Aside from this show, WWE did not stop. Nobody else stopped. It was unbelievable. Your work ethic is admirable. But we need to talk about the fucking doctor. This doctor, five to 12 weeks, got two guys back in 10 days. Yeah, Michael crazy. Cole, this doctor might be the greatest doctor of all time. So I also need to talk about the guys there i thought they were all on, on the coal train really i really did <laughs> until this incident of a couple of weeks ago when the universal champion roman reigns was on your show and all i heard was all this giggling in the background when roman reigns just completely berated me no. in front of what, what i thought was my team i told you this cole whenever you first brought this up to me a couple weeks ago roman reigns called michael cole an idiot right and some people laughed i i laughed because i was being hospitable you know and yeah. it's ahead of the table i mean you gotta do what you gotta do all the boys are sticking up for you their mics are muted though yeah. mm-hmm. the mics are muted well, yeah. how stupid it was so wait a minute they were muted for that segment but every other segment of the past year on your show those the people Galleries, mics have been open. Maybe if you were backing John Cena instead of Roman Reigns, we would have backed you up. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of differences. I mean, there's a lot. How are you guys, by the way? Fantastic, Michael. Good to see you. Hey, we miss you guys. We miss you guys. I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, the boys in. I mean, the world we're in right now is crazy. I can't yeah. believe there was 51,000 people in the stadium. Incredible. What, but what, but what, an, what an absolute in, incredible evening. Um, you know, you'll read a lot of stuff online about the show and, um, you know, good, bad, and different. Pat, I had a blast, and I know you did too. And there were some surprises on that night that we were shocked about. Um, I actually read something online that people thought you were mad uh, because you didn't know about the Bianca Belair title situation. When uh, Sasha uh, when Sasha wasn't there, uh, none of us did, right? I mean, this is a shock for everybody in that stadium, and that's when wrestling, sports entertainment's fun, man. I mean, that's when it that is when it's fun when you do not have a clue what is going to happen, and that happens more often than I think people think. By the way, I, I think there is a lot more of that because it's there's so much going on, right? And there's so many pieces and so many things, and whenever something just pops up on the screen, there, and I can say this now. You guys keep me in the dark with a lot of stuff, which is good move, by the way. It's good. I think that's called good producing. On purpose. Yeah, I think that's called good producing, by the way. Nobody will talk about it. Everybody's like, oh, they just let Pat do his thing. It's like, 
I'm very thankful you guys do that. You do guide me though. There are some things where Michael Cole will look over at me and he'll say some things. He'll be like, you think? And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I do think that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do think that actually. Like, it's like good producing. I'm very lucky to be a part of that, but I'm, I'm kept in the dark with a lot of things, which is fantastic for me. But honestly, and I think this should be a real thing, you were as well on Saturday night. Like in me, whenever I said to, because I just put over Sasha Banks has to be so hungry to get back into that thing. And then literally half a second later, Greg Hamilton's on the mic going, Sasha's not here. I'm like, well, all right. <laughs> I mean, I, I sound like a fucking idiot right now. And I look over at you and you go, ah, you actually gave me like both hands. <laughs> like you didn't know. And then the, the Brock thing, when Brock came out, Oh my, dude, I was so pumped. So, so pumped. You know, you're hoping in pay-per-views like last month at Money the Bank when John Cena came back that you have that one big surprise, right, for a night. Um, on top of all the incredible, uh, talented uh, people that work in the ring prior to these surprises happening and, you know, how they bust their asses uh, each and every night uh, to make what we do fun and easy. Um, but to have two surprises um, like we got in one night, both on our brand, the SmackDown brand, was pretty damn incredible. Um, you know, you and I, Pat, when when Roman beat Cena, and that was an incredible match, and you, you got you to gotta take your uh, your hat off to John Cena. I mean, listen, Man, the guy's in his mid-40s. Uh, he put on an absolute clinic with Roman Reigns, and those two guys had amazing chemistry. John made you believe, right? There were moments in that match, I was watching you, that you believed that John Cena was going to pull off I, hey. what would have been a miracle win. And then it, I was literally, and this is, I never do this. I try to enjoy the moment. I think people know this now. I literally try to enjoy every moment that I'm in for what it is. And I think it's the only way you can accomplish having to do a lot of shit is you have to be very present when you're present. Like, you have to be. I enjoy it. There was a couple times during that match where I was like, Fucking John's gonna win this. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, John's gonna win. And you know how I feel about John, right? Yeah. So I, I came out of my seat a couple times. I thought it was gonna be one of those moments. I thought, listen, a big swerve. John maybe yeah. doesn't have to do a movie for a month, right? Maybe he's gonna win the title. And exactly. then when he yeah. and he showed his dominance, it was like, okay, right? There we go. Um, and then uh, I've watched the clip back a number of times. And you know me, Pat. I normally don't go back and watch our stuff. Um, it's sort of a superstitious thing with me. But I went back and watched that clip a number of times, and you were right in this huge moment of putting over Roman Reigns of how he was the greatest, and nobody can stop this guy. And then that echoing music rang through the through the stadium, and there was that half second of like nothing, and then the place exploded, oh. and it was—I mean, I was jumping up and down at ringside. I mean, I was like, "Holy cow!" And then we had to take a, a second look because we were so far away from the entrance, and they took that big wide shot of the stadium, right? And we had to take that second look because I'm like, wait a minute, that's Brock's music, but is that Brock? This guy is a monster. And I've been in the ring with Brock Lesnar, right? He's throwing me around like a ragdoll. <laughs> and the ponytail and the tank top and the jeans and just it was an unbelievable moment. And you, Pat, you said it. There were two lines that you said that I completely popped for. The first one was the simple. Brock Lesnar is back in WWE because there's been so much speculation over the past six yeah. months or so where is brock going is he going to come back here for another run is he going to go somewhere else you even ticked off on the air people that you know that wanted him and then you also said this guy is the absolute alpha male of our species <laughs> and i don't think that anybody could have described lesnar 
you hit it perfectly. He walked by in front of the table. It was absolutely incredible. It was a goosebumps moment. <laughs> I mean, and then to see him in the ring with Roman, and think about what we think about what we have here, Pat. Whenever we get to this, whether it's next week or it's next month or it's next year, who the hell knows? But think about what we have here, right? You've got this has never happened before. Brock and Roman have had some great battles in the past, incredible battles. This has never happened. Brock Lesnar coming in that, as that kick-ass, uh, badass baby face. Um, you know, we haven't had one of those in a long, long time. Um, a guy just doesn't give a damn. Just wants to beat the hell out of people. And everybody and, knows it, by the way. In, in, right. In real life, by the way. In, in, in real life, could beat up every human. Mm-hmm. In the UFC, beat up every human. Uh, Pat, he, he lives on a, on a ranch in Saskatchewan where he goes out and throws bales of hay around and rides around in a tractor when it's minus 40 and enjoys that, likes that. So there you go. <laughs> right? He walked by, dude. It was, he walked by. Okay? And I'd seen Brock, obviously, on my television. He's been doing this so long, by the way. He's been yeah. so dominant for so long, just absolute monster. And I've been calling him the alpha male of our species, I think, for like 10 years now. This <laughs> because yeah, I always... never said it on the air. Hey, bingo. I never, ever said it on WWE, but also, like... Because I always said, if the aliens mm-hmm. came down... Okay, this is literally a thing I've been... For a long time. Because I, you know, I, I believed for a long time. And mm-hmm. then Lazar obviously was ran out of town. And then now it's just like fucking common courtesy. You say hello to the aliens that are flying around. But anyways, <laughs> I said, if the aliens came down, they wanted to fight us. Like, who do you send out there? Oh, yeah. And I, Brock Lesnar's who you send out. You yep. send our <laughs> alpha male of our entire species out there and say, hey, we need you, pal. And that was for... A long time, still, him walking by, and you go, look at the size of him. I said, what is that? (laughs) What is it? He is so huge. And then he walked up on those stairs, and they were away from the ring or whatever, and he was just standing there. And I was like, thank God those didn't, by the way, like, tip over. But by the way, Brock knows that they're not going to. So in just the smoothest walk over the thing, and he just... What a fucking legend that guy is, dude. And he is a legend, Pat, but in our business, you know, he has... He's never been, you know, that 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 hero, that 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 hero, right? The guy that you're hoping is your last chance to finally vanquish the villain. Roman Reigns has beaten everybody. I mean, he has beaten everyone for a year, and now all of a sudden Brock arrives on the scene, and you're like, oh my god, that's my guy. I forgot about him. That's the guy that can beat Roman, and Roman knows it too. And he looked at Brock. He stepped out of the ring, and you know. Brock and Roman are reverse roles now from where we saw him a few years ago. Brock's the, Brock's the, the hero now, right? Yeah. Roman's the bad guy. Yeah, Roman yeah, is yeah. the bad guy. And let's not forget Paul Heyman. Oh, squirming Heyman's out there. Bastard. Yeah. Heyman, best friends with Brock Lesnar, right, for years. He was his advocate. He was the main reason, you know, Brock Lesnar was successful from a media standpoint. He was the mouthpiece, the guy who, who got... Brock Lesnar's message out. Brock Lesnar kicked ass in the ring. Paul Heyman told you about it. Now, Brock goes away. His contract's up. He leaves. So what does Paul Heyman do? He hitches himself to the Roman Reigns gravy train. Smart, by the way. Smart yeah. move. So now now he's with Roman, the most dominant guy in, in sports entertainment now. And now his former gravy train guy is back. Yeah. Brock can't be happy with Paul. Paul's abandoned him. Brock's back here on his own without, without Heyman. Not that he needs him. 
And now Heyman's stuck in the middle, so where's Paul going to be in all this? Yeah. And what is all this going to happen, right? Yeah. It's amazing. We got some really good, like, there's some really good shit that's potentially, you know, like setting up. Yeah. It's almost <laughs> awesome. And you talk about Roman being dominant or whatever. Uh, at WrestleMania, he literally stacked Edge and uh, Daniel Bryan on top of each other and then pinned them. And then Saturday night, just clean on top of John Cena, the greatest of all time or whatever. So this Roman Brock thing now, it becomes... Oh, and then Diablo's there's... Mad. And then as, as you start... Yeah, I hear Diablo, by the way. He's got an actual killer in there. But the... Uh, 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 a shepherd. But then you start thinking down the line even more. It's like the shit that can happen is... Mm -hmm. It's awesome. I appreciate you allowing yeah, me forget, to... Yeah. You got so many other people in play too, Pat. Oh, yeah. What about Finn Balor? Oh, Finn Balor, this. right? Finn Balor's got a stake in getting a title opportunity down yeah. the road. So there's so much that's going on. And and we cannot, I, I can't leave you today without two things. First thing I need to, to say is about Brock Lesnar yeah. is how scary of a human being this man is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there was a thing that happened uh, a few a few years ago. Um, it was the night after WrestleMania, San Jose. I'll never forget it. Brock went on a rampage at ringside. And um, he literally hit me in the face with his bear paw one time. I thought I was out cold. Then he gave me that F5. And I hit so hard that it knocked my shoe off, which nice. fly, went flying across the ring. Nice. I thought I got, had a broken jaw. And then earlier in the day when we were going through everything, yeah. I said to Brock, listen, I, I could help you out here, right? Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a little heavy, you know, and I know you're supposed to jump. Like, I'm supposed to jump to help you lift me up on your shoulders. And Brock goes... I don't think you got to worry about that. Could you imagine <laughs> how disrespected he had to oh, feel? Yeah. Hey, I'll help you out if you need me to. I'll help you out if you need it, bro. No, Shut okay. the fuck up. I'm going to break you in half. <laughs> there it is. There it is. There it is. Jeez. There it is. So, Pat, when he grabbed me and threw me up and spun me around, it was the quickest. It was the most intense. It was one of the scariest things that I've ever been through in my entire life. It was so fast. And so physical, and it was such a force. Yeah. I didn't know what the hell hit me. Yeah, do you feel like a child? You feel like a child out there? Yeah, I always feel like. Well, I feel like a child a lot now out there with you. But oh, that's oh, what I'm oh, yeah, yeah. intended to. I swear to God, I thought I broke the jaw. Um, <laughs> how do you guys pull this stuff up so quick? Zito's just googling Michael Cole hurt, I believe. And choo-choo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got to mention about Saturday. We can't forget is the other surprise. <laughs> Becky Lynch. Unbelievable. The um, man's back. What <laughs> happened there? Like, hey, she came back. That thing, fascinating. That was a fascinating cut. That was huge, obviously. I've been a massive fan of Becky for a long time, as is my wife. My wife, you know, started watching because of me. For the first time. Yeah, it was great. Right behind She was right behind yeah. you there. A little how, how do you do yeah. How do you do it? I think it was a good interaction, right? Good one. Yeah, great. Great interaction. You don't have those with a lot of people, by the way. You are <laughs> yeah. so mean yeah. to all these people. I mean, and Michael Cole. Me, <laughs> huh? So, in between matches, right? Oh, okay. At SummerSlam, yeah. okay? You're out there. You're glad handed people. You're sitting next to Colin Coward, giving him a big hug like you're his best buddy in the world. Roll up the eyes. You're sitting Whoa. down with like a Wale, all these big rap stars. Oh you're God. hanging out. Oh, sure. You're playing music. You're listening to music. You're signing autographs. You're taking pictures. In between matches, Pat, I actually have to get ready to call the match. Oh. I have to do some research, get ready to go to work. Oh. You're glad handing everybody. No. And like one of us has to do some homework. Okay. Well, see, listen. What I think is the amount of information I'm going to get from all those people I'm talking to is oh, going to be yeah. much more valuable than I could learn. You know what I mean? Yeah. What I'm getting, one of that piece of information on the show. 
So when Wall A told me, like, hey, listen, uh, he's actually the one who told me that uh, Brock Lesnar's back in WWE. That's right. Wall A said, hey, if this happens, yeah, you're right. None of it. It was all good to see people. There was a hell of, there was a lot of people there. Logan Paul was there. AC yeah, Slater was, was there. Uh, Tiffany Haddish was there. She called the United States Championship the National Championship. Uh, I said, hey. Yeah, she was excited. Yeah, as she should have been. Corrected her. We corrected her very quickly. It was like all good. Mm -hmm. She crushed it. Uh, Colin Cowherd, Bill Simmons was also there. Thanks for giving yeah. him no credit. All right, aren't you in that big yeah, journalist thing? Yeah, I didn't see Bill, but he's but right I'm, next to Colin. Okay, well, sorry. I, I wasn't. I wasn't looking at the fans. I was doing my job, watching the ring pack. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, <laughs> go ahead, Ty. Cole, for events like this, uh, are you jumping right on the coal train afterwards? Are you just getting all banged up and boozed up when it's super late and you got to get out of there? Uh, so, like, so normally, yes. I had a red eye though, so um, oh, it didn't prevent me right? from stopping by at Old Ruby's Diner at the Las Vegas Airport for a couple of beers. But yeah, um, yeah I mean, of course. Uh, I just I'm like Pat. I'd stay out of Vegas. There's nothing that can nothing good can happen to me in Las Vegas. Yeah. So that's why I head to the airplane and go home. Well, the <laughs> but, uh, I saw him in sweats. sweats. What? I saw him in sweats for the first no time. No way. First time I've ever seen him in well, sweats. Red eye flight makes sense. That's yeah. a tough yeah. tough travel day. Hey, yeah. you could have. Yeah. There was a much quicker option, wasn't there? Yeah, there was I, there was a, a lot of people at private jets. Um, <laughs> huh. Some of them I think were going to Texas. So, but you know, whatever. I, listen, Pat, I've been doing this a long time. I got to get my commercial airline points in my mind. Some of us don't have jets that we can use every week. Sometimes we have to use miles actually go on vacation and stuff. I, yeah, I understand. So, I understand. I understand. Go ahead, go it, it does give you a chance to have a few more beers with the layovers too, Cole. But when Brock <laughs> did come out, you gave a holy, and I was hoping for the shit. Do you ever see in pay per view for you guys to be able to drop some of those, you know, borderline cuss words or even? Or even just like a bleep button, even a holy yeah, the closest bleep. that I that I've come. That was the closest that I've ever come to doing that because that was a legitimate like, oh my god, um, this this can't be happening. Yeah. I for one never thought I'd see Brock back here again. I mean, Brock is just you know he doesn't have anything to prove, right? Um, so when I saw him, I couldn't believe it, uh, and that was legit. And then your buddy there is what? egging me on to say it, Sorry. and I I was I almost did, and they're like, you know what? I can't do it now because he. He, he was he forced me too much peer pressure. Oh, because uh, I was like kind of puppeteering there. Yeah. Exactly. Could you imagine if I go say it? Say it, it and he goes, it. "Holy shit!" <laughs> imagine if you would have. That would have been what a moment. Um, I accidentally said peacock wrong. That was kind of like that slip there when I said I can't say the oh, word. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I figured that was just a slip by you, Freudian slip. Yeah, um, that's, that's on me. Yeah. The internet. Yeah, they were. I figured they you, were you, you you had a lot of slips. You mentioned, uh, <laughs> you know, the 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 big boss, uh, not Vince, but the other big boss in the company um, on Man, air and main event. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you uh, you 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 slipped up a lot. I no, mean, no, those are those are calculated. Normally you don't do that often. Cerebral, you know what I mean? Cerebral calculated. The uh, peacock one was just a fatal error there. Though yeah. you don't deserve that. I appreciate you so much. Enjoy your time off here today. Uh, can't wait to watch Monday Night Raw tonight, obviously right. in San Diego. And, oh yeah, uh, can't wait to see you on SmackDown, boss. Well, you'll be there. Where are we? Little Rock, Arkansas. The oh, home of Bill Clinton. Nice, yeah. Whooping well, silly, Bill Clinton, but. Yeah, he was governor there for a while, so I'll stop by the uh, stop by the uh, library, of course. I have to. I'll oh, stop. Yeah. Hey, I actually yeah, spent, I actually spent six weeks in Little Rock um, in 1992 as part of the transition after Clinton won the election. So what did you do? No, none of you guys were born at that point, probably. But I was five. All right, relax. You're, you're not that yeah, distinguished. Okay, please, let's talk about. Hey, it. so when are we? So when? What is? You're supposed to fly in early one trip so we can 
hang out a little bit, meet you and the guys. Well, I mean, Tulsa seems like the right town to do it in, too. Sure. Does it? Tulsa Little Rock. Happened, Little Rock. Tulsa was last week. Oh, Little Rock. Little Rock. <laughs> Little Rock. Tulsa was a great spot to well, go I'm, to. I'm flying into Little Rock in the morning, so that doesn't work. So. Oh, so we'll get on your schedule. Listen, we'll get on your schedule. <laughs> hey, does, hey, does Foxy still work there? Oh, come on! Remember, he stopped I, showing up. You haven't seen you. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. yeah, I miss you, pal. Hey, your your New York Jets might actually have a quarterback now. Okay, you just jinxed it. Thank you. You're welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Michael Cole. Can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes today. Michael Cole, Ian Rappaport, Michael Lombardi, all the boys, everybody, thank you so much for your time. I'm very, very grateful. Hopefully today's show wasn't, you know, terrible. If you found it to be okay, which I hope you did, please be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like this never fucking happened. Hashtag end of pod squad. Let's give away some merch. Tweet where you're at. I appreciate you all so much, whether you are listening because you like the show or you're listening because you hate us. At least, you know, maybe enter and try to win some merch from old Ty Schmidt. Use the hashtag end of pod squad. Tweet out a picture of where the hell you are. You could win. Let's continue to build this beautiful, beautiful thing. That is almost NFL football season. We'll see you, Mignogna. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Monday night.